Do you wish you could operate more strategically? Has your boss ever said that you need to be more strategic? Or have you ever wondered what on earth it even means to be strategic? Welcome to The Strategic Leader, the podcast that helps you to be naturally strategic with me, Gemma Bullivant, and my co-host, Fiona Craig. Strategy has become over-engineered and over-complicated to the point many of us think it's something far too clever or complex to ever master. But this is simply untrue and we'll explore why. We'll demystify strategy, share practical tips to enable you to be naturally more strategic, to operate with more impact and sit at the top table with confidence. Enjoy the show. So Fiona, hi there. Good to talk. Morning, Gemma. So what we're talking about today is something that I think we both have quite a lot of experience of, and it relates to all those self-limiting beliefs, the things that we tell ourselves, the things that we perhaps hold on to as, as beliefs that might be getting in the way of us allowing ourselves to be strategic. Have you had any experience of that? I'm laughing here, Jen, because I've had so much experience of this. Definitely. And when we think about being strategic, I think we don't often think about it being internal. We think about it being a sort of external skill. And there are definitely external things that get in the way too. And I think we'll definitely talk about some of those external things. But the internal things, the things that come from us individually, for sure. And one of the big things that I've experienced so many times over the years is an assumption that I am not clever enough to be strategic, an assumption that other people are the clever ones and therefore other people should do the strategy. And that's completely nonsense. When I look back at my 25-year career, at least 12 years of it have been in strategy. So, you know, that's complete. That's complete rubbish. But I still sometimes I'm pulled back into that assumption that strategy is for the clever people. And one of my favorite quotes from being a marketing strategist, and I know we're, we're talking more broadly than this, but my favorite quotes from being a marketing strategist, sometimes they're called planners in the marketing realm. The job of a planner is to be useful, not clever. And when I heard that, oh, useful, not clever, I was like, oh, can I be useful? That just felt like a much more comfortable place for me to anchor myself than clever, which I guess was always has always held me back a little bit, this assumption that I'm not quite clever enough. So, I mean, that's me. Let's not go into my major hang-ups for the whole of this podcast, Gemma. But what about you? What what has held you back? What what internal limiting beliefs or assumptions about yourself have held you back? Well, something linked to that in a way, but kind of a, a recurring question that I can I can think about that has sort of stayed with me through my career is what if I sound stupid oh that's a good one that thing that gets in the way of you speaking up in the moment asking a question that needs to be asked or challenging something that you've heard in the room or read in a report or you're aware of that is is happening that you are not quite sure about and I think what's held me back sometimes has been this little voice in my head going, oh, if I ask that question, they're going to realise 
that I don't actually know all of the uh, the facts about this. And that might make me sound quite stupid. And uh, let me ask you, as a coach, Gem, have you ever heard anyone else come up with the same kind of self-talk? Definitely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that and many other, many, many other questions that get in the way of asking the questions that are needed. Yeah. So we've talked before about the ideas that we need to explore in terms of what impacts, what interdependencies, what might happen if, why are we doing this? And yet in the moment sometimes when initiatives are being talked about, there's this internal question in our mind or an internal blocker in our mind, which is, can I actually ask that question right now? Yeah. Yeah. Thinking about that why, you know, why are we doing this is well, it's, a particularly it's like, important one. It's, it's um sorry, I'm getting so excited I've got to interrupt you, but it's um it's those sacred cows, it's those assumptions in the room that actually sometimes we need to challenge to say, well, nobody's mentioned the customer in this conversation, or um, you know, we're all working on the assumption that we can't spend any more money. What if we suddenly increase the budget? So one of the things that has been a blocker for me in the past is this whole idea that if I ask a question in the moment about something that's being discussed with lots of very clever, important people in the room, that question might make me sound stupid. Yes, yes. And it's related to what you've just talked about in terms of being, you know, clever or am I clever enough? But effectively, Sometimes what can happen is we don't say what we need to say in the moment relating to some of those things that we've talked about previously about where this initiative is taking us, why we need to look at it in this particular way, what else is going to be impacted by what we're signing to do. We need to be asking questions in relation to those things. And it could be that it is entirely the right question to be asking because having had that experience myself, what I've come to realise is that often other people around the table have had that same thought themselves. Absolutely. And I'm convinced that if you if a question comes into your mind, I mean, unless you're new, right, unless you're totally new to the organisation or to the project or something, if you're if you're part of that team and a question comes into your mind, you are not the only one who needs to know the answer to that. Somebody else around the table will be thinking it too and will just be massively grateful to you for voicing it. So one of the, yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I think I found to be quite useful in the situation where what if I'm going to come across as stupid is A, to remind myself that actually I possibly am doing everybody in the room a favour or a good service by asking this question because it could prompt some very useful debate and useful insights and useful ideas. I think we've been trained to think that questions show a lack of knowledge when in fact, what we need to be doing is thinking about questions in terms of enabling greater knowledge to be gathered and established. That's so important, isn't it? For strategic thinking, it, curiosity is absolutely essential, isn't it? And if we, it if we don't feel we can ask the questions, we're shutting down curiosity, which is 
really limiting the extent of the way that we can think strategically. So that's a really important um, idea, isn't it? I wonder how that is cultural and that might fall into our external conversation because, you know, the, the culture in the room and the level of psychological safety in the room might might yeah. be an external blocker. But if you couple that with something that you're bringing to the table, like perhaps not feeling clever enough or not wanting to look stupid, that's a very powerful um, force to to dampen any major strategic thinking that you that you could mm. be doing. So I think what we're saying here is that if we're worried about not feeling clever enough or running the risk of appearing stupid by asking a question, we need to reframe that belief into an acceptance and an awareness that asking questions is an essential part of operating strategically. Asking questions is not a revealing all the gaps in your knowledge. Asking questions is enabling everybody, including yourself, to establish those facts, be on the same page and debate and discuss where there may be some differing opinions. And that will not happen if questions are not asked. So this might be another blocker then, uh, which neither you or I have mentioned personally, but I'm sure crops up, which is the notion that we have to be okay with not knowing stuff. Oh, yes. To think about strategic thinking. We are talking very high level thought at any organization. And there's very few organizations that wouldn't acknowledge that we're operating within a, a VUCA environment, by which I mean volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous, if you haven't come across that expression. We're all operating our businesses in that kind of environment. We don't know what the future looks like. We're taking a best guess. We're using as much data as we can. But the reality is likely to be quite different from the plan. Doesn't mean we shouldn't plan, uh, just means we have to accept the fact that we are stepping into the unknown all the time. So being comfortable with not knowing, but at the same time comfortable with having a best guess, a reasonable, rational guess for what we think is going to happen, a point of view and some kind of rationale, some kind of argument or evidence for why this is what we think Uh, is absolutely critical. If we shut down the notion of asking questions, we're just denying the fact that we are operating within that VUCA environment. And that's a kind of dinosaur mentality for any kind of business. So we have to acknowledge that there are things we don't know, because we have to acknowledge that we're, we're leaning towards the future. So any kind of cultural pressure to not ask questions or any internal reluctance around uncertainty we, we're going to have to get over somehow to say it's okay to not have the answer it's not okay to throw your hands up and say well I don't know so I'm not going to do anything uh, we do have to take responsibility for that not you know for what are we therefore going to do but it is okay to not have the answers right now and and I think that's that's so important to be able to hold that uncertainty whilst at the same time come up with some kind of plan to move forward into that uncertainty. I absolutely agree. And it's making me think of a continuum. And I often use the concept of a continuum in coaching across all sorts of different areas. But in this case, we would be thinking about what is your comfort level with certainty versus uncertainty? So on the continuum, You've got certainty on the right-hand side, draw a line over to the left-hand side and uncertainty. And how comfortable are you in those those two areas? 
what's your own perspective? So it isn't just a binary conversation or a binary uh, awareness or reflection. What's your comfort level with certainty versus uncertainty? Some people feel quite comfortable with uncertainty. Some people feel quite okay with being guided in the moment and working towards something that isn't entirely clear at the moment, but will become clear and have almost that faith that it's going to become clear. We're going to start figuring this out. And as we get more information, that certainty will start to appear for us. So I'm okay with moving forward with this. Other people, that can make them feel quite nervous, anxious, all those words, where not having that clarity at this point in time is actually stopping us from making that next step. And there's that then that question that arises, which is how certain does it need to be for you to take that step forward? And what does that certainty look like? What gap might you need to fill in order to feel comfortable to move forward? And I think this is a very much something that is quite unique to us in terms of where we we each sit on that continuum. And having that awareness of where we sit can then allow us to look at it a little more rationally. Uncertainty is an emotion. A rational way of looking at it is to then understand that emotion and figure out what you want to do with it. And that feeds into how you deal with other people, because if they're sitting somewhere else on that spectrum that mm. can sometimes explain a tension between you conflict between you which is not personality driven or even subject matter driven specifically mm. it's just around your level of comfort with uncertainty as you say and I think that that's a that's a good point one of the other things I was going to raise in terms of blockers is that uh, we all have a magnetic pull to our comfort zone right you know we, mm. we're all familiar with the idea of the comfort zone uh, and we're and probably familiar with the idea of the growth zone that sits outside it. But we growth zone requires a bit of effort. So we often magnetically pulled back into our comfort zone. Mm. One of the things I notice uh, with myself, I notice with the people I coach when they're stepping up to a more senior level that requires them to be more strategic is that they can be magnetically pulled back down towards doing their old job or thinking in their old habit which tends to be much more tactical. It tends to be much more uh, known. It tends to be much more checklist driven. Mm. And the work could still be pretty complex within that. Um, But it's like, okay, I know what to do next. So they can be drawn into those kinds of tasks. They can be drawn into spending time doing delivery of whatever it is, rather than keeping their head in that strategic space. And sometimes that's you know, driven by calendar and demands on your time and and the demands of the people in your team and so on. But often it's driven internally by our comfort zone that it's more comfortable for us to work through things we know, we already know how to do. We already have a sense of completion. We can tick that box and we can get that little dopamine hit from finishing that task well and moving on to the next bit or finishing the checklist. When we move into strategic thinking, we don't get neat endings often. We don't get neat bits of closure like we do when we are working on more tactical stuff. We finish something, you know, we finish it and we send it off or we finish it and we file it and we get a little dopamine hit from from finishing that thing. But strategic thinking is often more shapeless. It's often bigger. It 
often doesn't finish. So we don't quite get those hits. So if we are magnetically pulled towards certainty, towards wanting to know that it's finished, wanting to know that it's done, wanting to know that we've done enough, that can be an internal blocker to strategic thinking because we, we're constantly pulled back down into those tactical tasks. Strategy requires us to live in that slightly more shapeless slightly more kind of amorphous world and one of the skills I think is to try and put some kind of framework onto that strategy to say I'm going to think about this question today and then I'll finish thinking about that question after a couple of hours or when I reach this point for example you have to kind of put your own endings in because often there aren't any. Yes I, I think I think that's really insightful and I also I like that that idea of the magnetic pull and if you are magnetically pulled to needing a certain degree of certainty, perhaps more than the next person. It's less about just trying to not be like that and more about actually working with that. And by that, I mean, okay, so what what examples or what kind of experience can you draw on in the past where you've had to do something, but you weren't quite clear about it in its entirety? Did it make you feel uncomfortable, possibly, or did you feel uncomfortable in relation to that, possibly? What strategies did you apply? How did you navigate that? And how successful was it? And if you can find some successful examples of having navigated something that was reasonably ambiguous, reasonably uncertain, you can then start to retrain your brain to recognize that uncertainty isn't as frightening as perhaps Mm. we naturally may have seen it in the past. Because what we're doing here is we're informing our emotions through acting in a different way, which is something that that often comes up in coaching that I do. And I think that we have to accept that strategic thinking has a degree of uncertainty. So if certainty is a blocker for you, start to think about how you can navigate that, breaking it down into its component parts or thinking about past experiences where uncertainty has not actually been a terrible outcome. That will help to give you a little more confidence in taking those steps forward to that point on the horizon that we've talked about before that is not as clear as what's going on right on our feet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love what you said about it's not just a question of saying, oh, we'll just do it, uh, you know, just think differently. Because, you know, if it was that simple, we would have done it, wouldn't, wouldn't we? <laughs> yeah. But that, that idea about acknowledging where these blockers are and not being afraid to kind of look at them, look at them square in the face and say, okay, that's where my blocker is. Is it the need to be clever? Is it the need to know the future and be certain? Is it a need to not be vulnerable in the face of people that we perceive to be more senior than us whatever that internal blocker is I guess the starting point is to be compassionate with yourself about what Mm. that is and not to go oh well just get over it because (laughs) the shortest way of getting over something is not to just get over it if it was that easy you would have already done it by now but yeah as you say acknowledging it and then asking some curious curiosity based questions around okay well where have I got around this what Mm. could I do here Mm. Uh, more compassionate way around it also much more insightful way Mm. um, around it 
And I guess that's the work of coaching, isn't it? To be able to explore those, explore those blockers and understand where they come from and how relevant they are to you now and whether actually any of them are major enough to prevent you from shifting into a much more strategic role because we all carry baggage. And if we don't check our baggage occasionally, it can materially get in the way. Mm, Absolutely. I, I won't contradict anyone more senior than me because of perhaps something that happened to me really early on in my career, that will be a problem when you mm. need to move into a, a highly strategic role. Mm. Mm. So yeah, checking these internal factors is, is uh, with compassion, I think is really important. I think, I think you're absolutely right. And I think it's important to recognise that blockers are unique to each of us. So some of the things that we're talking about won't be a factor for some people and then will be for others and it's about recognizing where your own blockers are so that you can then focus on those and remove those as obstacles from your way of 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 looking at things strategically there was another area that i thought would be good to explore on this particular point which is this idea of what if it goes wrong oh yes what if i fail what if I fail? So, so that that comfort zone and growth zone model that you referred to earlier, there's a version of it that has a little ring outside of the comfort zone before you get to growth zone called fear zone. Mm. And I like that. It represents the fact that to come out of your comfort zone and get into growth zone, sometimes you might just need to walk through the fear zone. Yeah, And it's yeah. that whole feel the fear and do it anyway kind of idea that absolutely naming the fact that being in growth zone can feel really challenging, threatening. We'll have all these doubts about, you know, do I know what I'm doing? But what if it goes wrong? I need to do this in a particular way because I know that works versus actually, I don't know if this is going to work, but I need to do it this way. That's all very frightening for some people. It can be, can't it? But I, do you know what? One of one of my amazing visions that's come into my mind is that sometimes that fear zone could be a brick wall, and sometimes that fear zone could be a glitter curtain that you kind of burst through in <laughs> fashion. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could go? Well, it's just it's just as thin as one of those, you know, bursting through a yes a, a, a paper thing. You know that that fear zone isn't often as thick as you think it is. It's yeah. like find find a small action, find a small action, have a go, and trying to focus on that. What if I succeed? What yeah. will that mean? As opposed to the what will I fail? And if you think about it, the fear zone really relates to all the things that we've talked about, doesn't it? Because fear, what if what if it goes wrong? to which I would suggest counter with the question, what if it goes right? You're so wise, Jeremy, you come up with gems like that. <laughs> I think what if it goes wrong is a really useful question to ask because it will surface some of the likely challenges that might get in the way and then you can start to come up with some ways to mitigate those. What if it goes right helps us to reconnect with the benefits of what we're doing. What if it goes right? What will I get from this? What what actually might I achieve? Because what if it goes wrong is, is keeping you stuck in that fear zone? What if it goes right is taking you into the growth zone and what and what we'll get from actually doing this particular 
activity. So in relation to strategy, if it's holding us back to speaking up in the meeting, what if I what if I say something that is just perceived to be incredibly stupid? What if I show everybody in this room that I'm not as clever as they think I am or or that I need to be in order to be in this room? They're all related to this idea of fear, whether mm. it's fear of failure, whether it's fear of looking stupid, whether it's fear of being found out that you are effectively becoming stuck in that fear zone and where you need to be is getting yourself into the growth zone, demonstrate and operate in a more strategic way. Well, that's a a really neat way of summarising all of the various different internal blockers that we may all have. They're all different. They may all trip us up at different points, but they're all fear-based aren't they? And so fundamentally, if we can acknowledge that and deal with that, that will support our ability to think strategically and also just show our strategic thinking in in those tense moments. Absolutely. I agree. So I'd encourage you to think about what might be getting in the way for you. Do some self-reflection. Think about what's coming up and then start to make a plan about how you might want to make a tiny shift just a tiny shift to move along into that more empowering strategic way of operating thanks Fiona thank you Gemma thank you